of the Silverado Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. My name is Todd from the Forgotten Filmcast. And I'm Rob from Movie Rob Minute, which was formerly known as The Great Escape Minute. And today we're taking a look at minute number 72 which uh, begins with the continuation of the attack by the McKendricks on the uh, on the party, and then it ends basically as they ride off. So basically, we're covering the rest of the attack uh, yes. in this minute. Uh, pretty pretty uh, you know concise there. Uh, so um, last time we 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 talked a lot about uh, you know the McKendricks riding in, firing their guns in the air, and and you know dragging some things that knocked over the, the party tables and things like that. We're continuing on that, but here's where we start to get uh, the response uh, to things going on, because we, we have a shot here where um, we've got some older folks who are kind of scared of what's going on. Maybe this is the Parkers that we talked about last episode that yeah, we, we weren't so. exactly sure. Um, but in the background, we can see uh, Kevin Costner, Jake back there as he, is grabbing his gun belt, which is hanging on a on a post back there, and starting to put it on because uh, he's gonna he's gonna mount a response to this attack. Yes. Yeah. He quickly jumps up and goes to grab that gun belt, which is which is it says a lot about his character. You know, he's a, he's definitely a man of action. Well, and I think it's interesting that, and you mentioned this from the script last episode that he specifically is not wearing his gun belt. For the party where it's like he's kind of loosened up a bit i was kind of it surprised me a bit that i thought oh he's not wearing his guns here he has to go and and run and get them and and, and put them on i thought he seems like the kind of guy that would never take his guns off you know what i mean yeah but they're, they're at a peaceful prom dance you know <laughs> you want to you know you know <laughs> it's not it's not appropriate to to wear your guns to prom then, nope, I guess. not at all not at all did, did you wear <laughs> guns to your prom I didn't go to prom, Rob. You're gonna bring up some some you know like unpleasant memories there. I was one of those guys that didn't have the guts to to ask a girl to prom. Well, sorry, sorry to bring up those uh, those, <laughs> those those sad moments, but you know I'm sure I'm sure you were able to make up for it later in life. I well, yes, I I have my wife who I love very much, but I actually I somewhat wore it as a band of honor badge of honor, you know, like I didn't go to prom. I wasn't one of those guys. I went and watched movies that night or something like that, <laughs> which is a little pathetic, but yeah, my, my school didn't no. even have a prom. So that's good because my, I, we, had, <laughs> we had 12 kids in our graduating class. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a limited, uh, li limited number of people you could invite, yeah. I guess. Pri private day, school but... education. What do you expect? <laughs> So now one of the things that happens here then, you know, we talked before about uh, on the last episode about how the, the McKendricks have rigged up some various things that they use to like knock over the tables and, and, and cause destruction that. And one of them looks like here that they use a rope. I don't know if they lassoed it or whatever, but they, they grab a rope somehow and, and pull open 
a pig pen so that the pigs all go running out. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, is, I guess, I don't know. I, I was trying to think if there's some other movies I've seen where they break up the party by by unleashing pigs. They do. That happens in Revenge of the Nerds, I think. They're they're throwing a party and the alpha betas, I literally just And they bring them the with, with, the, with the Omega moves. With the Omega moves. Yeah. yeah, and they and they they like let a bunch of pigs loose in the nerds party. Yeah, but they, they don't break them out sure of the pen. Though. Yeah, yeah. That is what happens. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Todd, you, you got a great memory. That, there uh, we go. I've watched we, we've, got our, we've got our 80s reference for today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, but, you know, it doesn't turn out well for the pigs I mean, because, you know, we get the pigs get get let out. but then And then they start shooting one... at them. What's that? Then they start shooting at them. They start shooting at the pigs and we see one of them fall dead with with the blood stain on, on one side. Right. And, I, I, think, uh, I think what they're trying to show here is that these are supposed to be pig farmers. So right. they want to hurt them by, you know, killing their, their livestock, or if you want to yes. call, I don't know if you can call a pig a livestock, but yeah. And they're, they're little pigs. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know anything about pig farming, so I don't know, you know, if it's just, this is a certain smaller breed or if they're just young pigs or something like that, but they're cute, cuddly little piglet looking things i think the scene is also meant to just give a little oh moment for the audience all moment for killing the piggy you know this little piggy this little piggy went to silverado and didn't come back (laughs) that's a little sick yeah um (laughs) but here's what this made me think of okay so i saw that scene and the first thing that popped into my mind was return of the jedi Oh, of course. With, let, let, okay. So it's with the scene in the Battle of Endor. Of course. Where I knew you were going with got, the Ewoks. You've got the battle going on. The Ewoks are throwing rocks and things. They're crushing walkers with logs and stuff like that. And then you have this moment where we see two Ewoks running and there's an explosion. And then the smoke clears and one Ewok gets up and the other one's still lying there. And he starts to like nudge his buddy and the Ewok's not getting up. And then he kneels down and he starts to, you know, make Ewok crying noises and things like that. And we go, oh, and shakes him, shakes, you know, him. shakes him, you know, like this Ewok died, which, you know, I think, you know, that scene is kind of like, you know, we haven't seen any other Ewoks die in the whole battle. We've got to show that there's, you know, there's some kind of a, a cost to the Ewok community here. It's not like they're just, you know beating the stormtroopers and none of them die or get hurt or anything. We see one die here in this. So, and again, it's meant to elicit an emotional response from the audience because we see a cute, cuddly Ewok die. And I thought it's just like with the pigs here. We see a cute, cuddly pig die. We just, and exactly. I was like, and who wrote return of the Jedi? Lawrence Kasdan. So he's, he's pulling the same gimmick that he did two years earlier in return of the Jedi. There it was with Ewoks. Here it's with pigs. Wow. Okay. That's very interesting to to, to make that kind of jump. And there you go. Another 80s reference. <laughs> <laughs> now to get a Star Wars reference in there somewhere. Yeah, for uh-huh. sure. For sure. For sure. We, we, we want, you know, Pete and Alex to, to, to listen in. <laughs> they, they'll, maybe they'll have something to, to say about this. We'll, well, we'll check the comments. Check the comments later today. And you know, there's there's... There's then reaction shot after we see the pig go down 
And then we see both Jake and Emmett react, which, you know, I'm sure they're reacting to the grander, you know, scene of what's going on, but it comes right after the pig falls. So you could interpret it as they're reacting to the pig dies. You know, Jake has this wide mouth, you know, like shock type expression on his face. Emmett, of course, is very stoic and like, you killed a pig, you know, well, that's it's the 20 year difference between the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't fly with Emmett, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, no, what's, what's interesting is when I, when I rewatched this today before, I mean, now while we're talking about it, it makes sense that Mr. Bradley or Mr. Parker, whatever his name is, is, is actually a pig farmer. Maybe that's it. But, but the first step that came to my mind is, is that here you have all these people coming in on the wagon train and on the way they, they, for some really stupid reason, which I'm sure was discussed weeks ago, they all put their money together in one, in, in, in one crate, you know, mm-hmm. that when it got stolen. So maybe everyone took their pigs and put them all in the same pen. That was the first thing that came to mind. Ah, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. You don't put all your pigs in one pen. There you go. Because then you get a pig pen. Exactly. <laughs> well, and then, you know, there's more pigs in this sequence too, because the next thing that happens is we see the bad guys knock over a pig that's already dead. The pig that's being roasted, the one yes. that, that they're going to eat for the party, you know, so they come and knock that thing over and, and no good anymore. I wonder what all the pigs thought about that. By seeing yeah. their friend friend on a on a on a spigot. Spigot? Is that the word? Yeah. The pigs were kind of like, well, you know, it's not gonna turn out good for us either way, you know. We yeah. sit in the pen, we get roasted. We run out of the pen, we get sh- get shot by the McKittricks. So, you know, that McKendrick. They, they're Kendrick's. See, we're gonna yeah, mess it up all all I, the time here. I, I infected you. I, I infected McKittrick you from is, five thousand miles away. McKittrick is in something. <laughs> I know it is. There's another movie that's McKittrick's. I don't remember what it is. But anyway, maybe, maybe by the end of the week we'll figure out who it is. We'll figure it out eventually. So yeah, they knock over the pig that they're roasting. Have you ever been to a pig roast like that? Uh, well, I'm Jewish and oh, I keep no. kosher. I just, so. <laughs> I, I asked so the question, answer is no. And then I, and then I remembered that. And I was like, of course you haven't been. No. I don't no. think only I in, a, Only in movies. Either. Only in movies. <laughs> <laughs> but have you have you ever eaten uh, a pig? I'm sure you have, right? I well, have. Yeah. Not quite no. in this form. Uh, no, you probably know, not. Not, not, like not, on a, not on a spigot. Yeah. Yeah, no. And never then, had it. Never. I don't even have a desire to have it. So I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> I eat a lot of meat, but not 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 that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So, um, and then of course the bad guys start throwing torches, and we t- we talked earlier about the bonfire, and you know, I, I'm it didn't look like they were carrying torches when they came in, so I'm thinking maybe they picked up pieces of wood out of the fire and just saw it as an opportunity. Um, but which again, there is no bonfire because it's not at night. <laughs> Well, but I thought you said I thought that you said we caught sight of a fire in the background in one of the shots. I don't I don't remember exactly. I, no, in in the in the script it mentions that there is a bonfire. Okay, well somewhere somehow they get some they get some torches, and they start throwing them at the house. And this is where one of the things that you did mention from the script the other day shows up because you mentioned people playing on the roof of the house, and we see that here. They throw yes. the torch, and we see the the little girls on the roof of the house. Which, when you mentioned that in the script, I was like, okay, well, now that makes sense. Because when I watched the scene, I was like, why on earth are there people standing on the roof of the house? Right. I was wondering the same thing. 
It's like, you know, did they say drinks are on the house and they all went up to the house? That's a Muppet movie joke right there, guys. Okay, I had to throw that in. <laughs> well, okay, Todd, I, I got an answer for you of who McKittrick is. It's another 80s reference played by Dabney, okay. Dabney Coleman in War Games. War Games. That's right. <laughs> okay. I knew there was a McKittrick somewhere. Yes. All right. So, so now anyway. for the rest of the week when we say McKittrick, so people will know what we're talking about. We're talking about war games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or crossover universe where Dabney Coleman is in Silverado. Yeah. There Which you go. I, w- I wouldn't be opposed to that. No, uh, me neither. Me neither. <laughs> so, but now here's here's the thing that I think is most most impressive in this sequence, okay? Because they have the torches. They're throwing out the house. We've got girls playing on the roof of the house, okay? But they throw a torch, and there's a guy that runs out of the 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 uh, house with a shotgun. I, I think that's supposed to be Mr. Parker, Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. And he shoots one of them midair, which I'm like, this guy's a good shot. Why isn't he riding with with Emmett and Jake and 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 Peyton and all those guys? Because unfortunately, I mean, he's only a good at skeet shooting. <laughs> he practiced duck hunt a lot at home, Dang. you know. <laughs> You know, again, 80s. You know, there you go on on uh, that's, on Atari. That's the, that's the Atari. That's the Nintendo, sir. Thank you very much. It was um, Nintendo. Duck Hunt was, yeah. was Nintendo. Duck Hunt was the Nintendo because when you bought the Nintendo, the original NES, it had one cartridge that had two games on it. One was Super Mario Brothers, and the other was Duck Hunt. And so you got one of the little pad controllers, and you got one of the little gun things, and so you could play Duck Hunt. And um, you could set it to do either the ducks or the skeets, you know, so either one. That's the only kind of shooting I'm good at. I can do duck hunt. I can't do actual shooting. So. <laughs> well, when I was you know. when I was in the military, I was a sniper. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether to believe you or not. Is that true? <laughs> of course it's true. Oh, OK. <laughs> I, I didn't necessarily say I was a good sniper, but I was a sniper. <laughs> OK. <laughs> I was known as a night sniper. I had like a special scope. On my M16, you know, that, that oh. made things a little easier to hit, but it only worked at night. So whatever that, you know, 30 oh, years. Rob, ago. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm scared of you now. No need to be scared. I can't shoot that you far. Don't... Denver is too far away <laughs> from Jerusalem to Denver. You know, Tom Berenger, is... you know, the sniper. I, movies, I hated, right? I hated that movie. <laughs> I don't think I've actually seen that one. There's like 12 sequels to that thing. No, I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen any of the sequels to that. So anyway, but the, yeah, this guy's a good shot. He shoots the shoots the torch midair. But he's not quick enough. Not quick enough. Um, but then Jake, Jake. Well, no, because he's not quick enough because he turns to go shoot one of the one of McKendrick's men and and get shot. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He gets off one good shot and that's it. Um, but then Jake shows up and starts shooting bad guys. Kind of takes charge of the situation there. You know, he's taken out bad guys left and right, you know, behind him, you know, we uh, kind of hinting at something that we see later on this week that, you know, he's just aware of his surroundings all the time, you know, yeah, he's completely just the, not even looking at things. And he knows when, when someone's about to get the drop on him type of did, thing. Did you, you know? did you notice the, the different shooting style of Emmett and Jake? I'm not up to date on shooting styles, so like no, I said, but, duck hunt is the extent of my shooting style. <laughs> no, but I mean you see it throughout the whole movie. Uh, Jake, he's usually shooting with 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 both guns at the same time. You know, he yes. 
he's constantly pulling, you know, his his guns from both sides and shooting. And Emmett is actually a lefty, and his only shoots from the left. Ah, oh, I'm a left-handed gun myself. Very nice. I I didn't have a chance to check if Scott Glenn is a lefty. You know, I wasn't gonna start looking at other movies to see if he's using his left hand to to write. You know, like in uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have to go check out Hunt for October. Is he is he writing? You know, while he's plotting things out, is he doing it with his right hand or his left hand? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, I found that interesting that they show that, and obviously. Jake is a better shot than Emmett. He's he's he hits just about everything he tries to. He's not as yeah. good as Mal, which we don't get at all this week. But Mal Mal is the best shot of them all. Though do we know do we know what percentage of shots you know he's hitting left hand versus right hand if he's shooting with both hands? I mean maybe maybe uh, Emmett just knows hey you know I'm gonna stick with what works. I know the left hand works, but you know Jake is like you know, just boom, 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 boom. And, you know, maybe he has a, a greater percentage because he's using both hands. I don't know. I don't know how could it works. Could be, could be. I don't know. I'm sure there's somebody who has watched this movie and just tried to figure out, you know, I know that, that someone once did it for Star Wars to see who's the best shot. And I think Padme was the best shot out of everyone. Really now? That she had uh, the highest uh, okay. hit percentage of everyone. Now, I didn't do that research myself. That's something that, that I remember reading or hearing or something like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So now there's shot... there's something that you skipped over when when you were talking before about all the things that happened. Oh. So there's a point where where Emmett pushes Hannah off to the side, and she right. then is holding a kid. And yes. you know it made me say, wait a second, she's not she well she was married, but she didn't have any kids. And you know by going through the script, I figured out that it's one of those kids that was that that came with the wagon train that was that was on the roof. <laughs> well, that's that's what I figured. You know, it's like when they're they're on this long journey across the, the across plains. the plains and such you know that it kind of becomes like a family type of dynamic and even folks that aren't related you know jump into those type of roles with each other you know so right. yeah that makes sense right and then at this point where where we just where after Jake kills one of the or shoots another one of McKendrick's men you know we have we have her actually Hannah returns the kid to the to to the kid's mother, and the mother you see hiding on the side of the house. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was a, a nice continuation. You know, I, I asked the question to myself when I saw her with the kid, and then you know a few seconds later you see her actually return the kid. She's like, I don't need this kid. <laughs> I'm not taking any. <laughs> I'm not taking any responsibility for that. <laughs> At least she wasn't using the kid as a shield or anything like that. Right. I'm done with and, it. Now you can have it back. <laughs> And then you see like part of a table right behind her and there's still some of those biscuits on the table. So I guess they didn't topple over all the tables. You're really fixated on those biscuits, Rob. You made sure to mention the biscuits last episode and then now on this episode. I think that you you deep down just really want some biscuits. Uh, I'm hungry. What can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> biscuits are good, especially like, you know, the the Old West style biscuits. You know, I've been to like they there's places that do like chuck wagon suppers out here you know colorado wyoming these places and you know they always have really good biscuits and they're probably like steaming hot you know i, yeah. I remember oh yeah i remember i used to have the uh uh what are they thomas's english muffins i used to love when they come out of the the, the toaster steaming hot the nooks and crannies <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah so so then we've got uh like we said jake is is shooting things up shooting bad guys and then we have the guy with the eye patch who Ooh, realizes did, that did that you figure out his name well. 
I don't remember the guy with the eye patch. I did. I actually did a little bit of research to figure that out. And I actually spent a lot of time trying to figure out who it is. And his name in the movie is actually Hoyt. 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 And who played Hoyt? Ted White. Who most people will know from. From. I don't know. I don't know. Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. All right. Friday the 13th. Is Hoyt supposed to be his first name or his last name? Because when I hear Hoyt, I always think of Hoyt Axton, who was the dad in Gremlins. Yes, of course. And wrote the song Joy to the World. You know, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, that song. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Hey, which, there you go, another Lawrence Kazan uh, connection. Because in The Big Chill, Jeremiah was a bullfrog was one of That's the... That's right. Was one of the, the big songs in The Big Chill. Oh, yeah. Well, Seriously, Jim, well, Jim is going to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> well Hoyt realizes that things aren't going well And he is wearing a mask I remember noticing that Because you mentioned before you weren't sure if they were wearing masks But Hoyt wears a mask Because he's got very little of his face actually showing Because he's got the mask over his uh, mouth and nose COVID style here And then he's got the got the eye patch on So you're really only seeing one eye for this guy right he now He knew that in 140 um, years after this movie takes place Everyone's going to be walking around with masks So He's like, I don't want, yeah, I don't want to catch it. Style. I don't want to catch it then. <laughs> <laughs> but he basically realizes things aren't going well anymore since Jake entered the picture and and basically yells at everybody to 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 hit the road and uh, and basically that's that's where this minute starts to end here as Jake starts to ride off after the bad guys, which I think is well. Incredible. I love the way I it's love the like, way that he jumps on. He just like gets on that horse. I wonder yeah. if I wonder if Kevin yeah. Costner just, did all those those stunts. What do you think? He's young, spry Kevin Costner. I'm thinking he probably no, did, but that, that you know? I mean that is definitely a lot of acrobatics trying to get on that horse. You know, he like glides mm-hmm. with the horse a little bit and then quickly like hops on top type of thing. I didn't say hops on pop. Yeah, you know, not Doctor Shoes. Hop on pop. Yeah. <laughs> well, just the fact that he goes after him. I, uh, you know, it's like everybody else is staying behind, you know, making sure everybody's okay. But he's all like, I'm going to get those guys. He jumps on the horse and rides off. Yeah, it's just. Because it, they ruined his chances you know, with, the, with the new girls. Exactly. That's why. He's like, you killed my girl. No, you didn't get killed. Girl but, got killed. We don't see yeah. You killed my pig. That's what it's all about. <laughs> you killed the pig, man. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, and that's basically where this minute ends. All right. Well, I wanted to actually, I did a little bit of research about when, when I saw that Hoyt had his eye patch. So let's, let's see how many movies you can think of that have characters with eye patches. And Mm -hmm. also, and then we'll, we'll talk after that about real people with eye patches. Just to give Um, you a little bit of a preview, uh, Todd. (laughs) So uh, the first one is of course come to mind because we're talking about westerns is true grit That's and right. true grit roster rooster cogburn you know Correct. because you, there was the sequel and of course the, tr- the two true grits the eye patch switches eyes john wayne ward on one eye and jeff bridges ward on the opposite eye That's playing true. the same character that is true yeah. um who else has an eye patch oh my goodness um oh l driver there does, you go and kill bill, bill volume one and two all right um, hmm. 
you want me to start me giving you? Tell me when you here. want me to start giving you hints. Give me some hints. Yeah. Okay. Goonies. Oh, well, One-Eyed Willie. There you of go. Course. Okay. Not alive, but yeah. He, he's okay. not alive, but he's still a character with an eye patch, and we get we'll to actually it, yeah. in that case. In that case, we actually get to see what's underneath the eye patch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Harry Potter. Who wears the eye patch in Harry Potter? Oh, uh, well, um, Mad Eye Moody. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh, Escape from New York. Oh, Snake Plissken, of okay. course. Yeah. And Escape from L.A. too. There. Yeah. Okay. Thunderball. Oh, see, that's what I was thinking. There's a Bond one, and I was trying to remember. <laughs> Crud. I can't remember who that is. Emilio Largo. Largo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll cross over a little bit into TV. The Walking Dead. I don't watch The okay, Walking so Dead. Okay, so The Governor. The Governor on The Walking Dead. Okay. All right. Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. The, the, That's the, the, TV, new, the, new, the new one, right? The new one. It's 20 years old, but yeah, the new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Who was so, that? I watched that thing. So, okay. Okay, and now... I was thinking it's not... It wasn't Edward James Olmos. It was the other guy. Yeah. Okay. Wait, and the final one, MCU. Oh, <laughs> Nick Fury. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna. You know, I, I figured that one. That was a, that would be a big one. All right, now what about real people? I well, I, I got a list. My, I got I'll a list of myself. Seven. You you seriously? I, I I wore I wore an eye patch when I was very young uh, because I've always had eye issues. I've worn glasses since I was three years old, and part of it was because of crossing of my eyes. And back in the early seventies, one of the things they would do. I don't know if they still do this or not, but to try and help correct the crossing of the eyes at an early age was to patch the good eye. Uh, so I, uh, for, for a while, while I was in preschool, um, wore an eye patch and it was so annoying. It didn't work for me at all. I eventually had to have surgery when I was five years old, but I spent, I spent, uh, quite a while as a little kid with an eye patch and it, it was not comfortable. <laughs> Did, and you didn't like pretend that you were a pirate or something? No, no. I if I if I had uh, if I had, you know, been having trying to have more fun with it, I probably would have. I was just looking for every opportunity to take the darn thing off. Okay, well, Todd leaving out was not on my list, so you got me on that okay. one. You got, you're one up on me. There you go. All right, how about Klaus von Stuffering? Stuffering the 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 guy who tried killing Hitler, you know, with the plot to kill Hitler. Okay. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Isn't that um, is that well, there's that Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. I was trying to think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fritz Lang, who was a director. He was a movie director uh, in the 30s. He also was known Metropolis. for that. Yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. More known for the glass eye, well, I think. Okay. That he but can, there was a time. Used, there, but yes. He, I, think, I think he used the patch before he, he started using the glass eye, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Then you have Lisa Nicole Lopez, who was known as Left Eye oh, yeah. from TLC. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, waterfalls. <laughs> right. We're not, we're not going to start singing. Don't worry, everyone. Todd and I are not singers, which is why this week <laughs> you will not hear any karaoke from the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any more? Can you think of? <sighs> I got three more. I can't I got three think more. of any okay. right now. So then you have from, from Radiohead, the front man, Thom York. I think that's his name. Tom York. Tom okay. York. Tom. Okay. Good point. Tom. So he apparently was born without an eye or something like that. Some, mm. Something interesting like that. You have John Ford, who was also a director, who was known the director. For, okay. for being, which, which I find interesting that you have these two famous 
uh, yes. directors who were actually very visual directors who were able to 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 do all of their work with only one eye. And then Moshe Dayan, who you've never even heard of. There you go. I see on your face that you're quizzically wondering who that was. He was yeah. he was an Israeli uh, general during the Six Day War in the 1960s, and then he became a, a politician after that. Now, the thing I always find really funny about him is there was always a trivial pursuit question about him, where the the question was, what famous Israeli general was, when pulled over by a policeman, said. I only have one eye. Would you rather I look at the speedometer or the road? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, for me, he's the most famous. How can you, he's from my country. What can I tell you? So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that, that's a good one to, though, to keep in your hip pocket. You know, if you want to try to get out of a speeding ticket, you know, keep an eye patch in the glove compartment, slip it on real quick. And the cop comes up and you say, well, which do you want me to look at, the speedometer or the road? I, I think nowadays the cop would say, well, show me your license. <laughs> let me see yes. that. <laughs> let me see that you really only have one eye. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, do, do we have anything else we need to cover here? Any other one-eyed individuals or are we, no. we done with this minute? No, I think think we, we got it. I mean, I, I think we'll skip skip going to the script today. There, there is some, some fun right. stuff there, but I think it's a lot. So, Well, thanks for tuning into this episode. Of course, you can find the Silverado podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at the main site, which is silveradominute.com. Uh, make sure that you check out the various uh, places that the podcast is at on social media, the Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Saloon on Facebook, and on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. Uh, so then until next time, uh, my name is Todd and I'm Rob and, uh, we'll sign off with a big old yeehaw. Yeehaw. Movies by minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no chime. By the Morris Keston, who wrote the show. Saddle up now, kids, cause here we go. <laughs>